Wednesday. Hello. Hi, I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And I'm David. Solitaire Games. So we've introduced some of the basic ideas, challenges, and the appeal. Yeah. But uh, we haven't really talked a lot about specific, game, uh, about specific games. David uh, recommended Forbidden Island to people who are going to start getting into this. What are some of your favorite games to play solitaire? And why? Ooh. Um, <laughs> they tend to be the story-heavy stuff, because that's what I most enjoy. I, I consider myself a professional storyteller. And of the five categories that yes. you mentioned before, do these tend to be the ones that are designed from the ground up to be only for one person? Or do they usually tend to be the ones that are cooperative where just one person can pretend to be a group of people? Cooperative, I think, is probably the case where they fall in the most. Um, if I look down at my list of favorite games, mm-hmm. I compiled this recently because I'm hoping to do a top 10 or top 20 or something on the podcast. My, my podcast at some point. That would be um, Once Upon a Die? It would indeed. Very good. And if I look from the top down, it hits very quickly Mansions of Madness, second edition, obviously, first edition is a one versus many. Arkhampara the card game, it hits Arkhampara, it hits uh, XCOM, it hits Pandemic Legacy, it hits a lot of co-op games that... I mean, Arkhampara actually has a one on the box, and I tried to play it once with one investigator, and that was... <laughs> Carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. You don't you don't do co op games with one character. That's well, usually a bad idea. Probably can. There's a few you can get away with, but you it's but it's generally... isn't scaled though. I mean that was one of the older cooperative games. Yeah. Uh, when before they'd really sort of figured out that you actually have to have something bad happen on each player's turn in order to have it balanced properly mm-hmm. for larger or smaller groups. Yeah. You play Arkham Horror with six uh, protagonists and it's a cakewalk. Yeah. Play with one, and as you say, carnage. Well, and, and games like Pandemic, Forbidden Island, the Leacock series, yes. don't work solitaire because your hand limit is so restricting, you mm. can't collect the cards you need to win. Mm. So therein lie the, the places where that doesn't work. But if you're playing with multiple characters, yeah, those those are absolutely great. So that's where the stories come in. Uh, the the logic games that I really enjoy, uh, they can... they don't have to be cooperative they tend to they're usually multiplayer games where you are doing something by yourself and you're competing to score the most points so yeah. the solo version is just try to beat your own high score yeah so Dimension is a great example mm-hmm. it's this wonderful little dexterity game where you're making a pyramid out of these wonderful textured balls of different colours and you have rules to stick to and if you're playing with four people four people are building their own pyramid quietly on their space against a clock and then you just compare scores at the end quietly. which means <laughs> a quiet game of dimensions may perhaps be a, a strange thing. To well, I, I, find, I find that has much, that's more about people fretting at the table and going, "Oh, I don't know if I can do this," rather than actually, you know, volubly shouting at each other. I, I guess I'm used to people swearing more. And just <laughs> yeah, just fair enough. Yeah, it can be a very Marble, who dealt these cards. Marbles knocking against each other dramatically, things falling onto the floor, people fair swearing, enough. people, you know. Yeah, I, I, I admit I've only played that multiplayer a couple of times. Um, but there it's, you know, I'm just doing my own thing. Or something like Ingenious where it's place a piece on a board and I'm simply not having somebody else place a piece before my next one. Mm. Uh, Cottage Garden is actually a great little solitaire game. Mm. Um, I've really enjoyed playing that solitaire. It's another nice little abstract. But yeah, I think in terms of my favourites, I mean, spoiler alert for my top ten when I come to do it, but Arkham Horror, the card game, and Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition tied for number one. Which slightly surprised me. It's not where I would have put them thinking about it, but there was a great piece of software I found online for uh, pubmeeple.com uh, where it was like, 
would you rather play this game or this game? And it just asked you that however many times it took to put your list into an order. <laughs> and those two came out on top. So apparently they're my favourite solitaire games. It's the ones um, you'd rather play. Yes. And I think that those they're both such great story games. Uh, one is app-controlled, and so Mansions of Madness, second edition, you have this wonderful story mm. that the app is feeding you, and you react to it, and go and do the thing you want to do, and then the app tells you how you progress. And so it has the mystery that you had as a game player in Mansions of Madness, first edition, without having to have a keeper. So mm. I can play it by myself, and it also takes out that threat of setting the game up wrong. Do you um, wish that more games had apps to kind of enable it to be more single player friendly because I mean I really really enjoyed playing Mansions of Man their second edition of the app I thought it was great I thought it was super yeah. well done super well executed and listening to you talk about it it seems like that's one of the reasons why it works so well single player it absolutely is and that's a fascinating question I hadn't considered before and I think the answer is it doesn't matter I think the app benefits a certain type of game Okay. I think one versus many, absolutely. If I could have a... An, and I, Actually, it would be really fun to have the option of doing it both ways in a one versus many, but you, I, I imagine programming an AI to behave like a human might in something like Letters from Whitechapel would be very difficult, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy mm-hmm. playing Jack in that, so I wouldn't want the app to be uh, Jack. Well, I don't know if I agree. I think that, uh, that solitaire games and apps are a natural match. I think Emily's right. And the reason why becomes apparent when we take a look at the vast landscape of single-player electronic games. Mm-hmm. Um, video games lend themselves naturally to solitaire play. Those same war gamers who weren't able to really play anything unless they went to a convention or unless they played solitaire, they took to computer games like like fish to water, mm. because here was a format that was very much designed for it's almost made for solitaire play, mm-hmm. because the computer provides its own opponent for you, whether that is um, a simulated humans playing civilization against you or something, or whether that's a series of obstacles like in something like Dark Souls or Mass Effect, mm-hmm. where you've got computer controlled enemies that you're facing, so it feels like a game. Even though it's the other, the other, the other side can't win. Mm. It has the feel of a game, but it's geared particularly towards solitaire play because you take a look at all the players and say, for example, again, a, a, a level in Dark Souls or something. There are also all these creatures out there, and they're all trying to win by defeating the player. But only the player can actually win. Yeah, I mean, they defeat you, you just start over. Exactly. And over and over and over and over and as over. As many times as it takes. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing a roguelike. In which case you just die and try again. But you're true, but you, again, you start over. This is true. And uh, you start over a bit. The better. creatures in a roguelike mm-hmm. game can't win the game. Mm-hmm. No. They can only stop yeah, you from and, winning. And if That's you fair. stop trying, then the game doesn't win. The game just exists in a state of stasis, just waiting for you to come back to it. I suppose my logic there would be, I'm not facing the same iteration of that opponent. And so I have lost the individual play. There's that. And uh, similarly, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition can have a fail state. Yes. Where you have tried to defeat the horror, Mm -hmm. and the horror has defeated you. You have succumbed. Game over. Yeah. And to a certain extent, like, the book, this particular book that you found in the library might be in the kitchen next time, or something like that. I I haven't played enough games yet to understand how the app fully randomizes playing the same scenario twice, but I know it does. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there might be slightly different layouts for some of the maps and things like that as to where rooms appear things like that I, I, I haven't fully explored this I've 
play one scenario twice and yeah i really think app integration can do a lot because there's so there's such a massive library of electronic games out there that have explored this that uh, that seems like a ready-made field to to you know to sort of bring to the tabletop Arkham Horror the Card Game doesn't do this, though, does it? No. So the way Arkham Horror the Card Game works is it has a story built into it in terms of uh, almost like a legacy deck, um, to go back to last week's theme. What you're doing is when you achieve a certain thing within the game, you turn over a card and the story progresses. Now, people who've played the Arkham... I can't remember exactly what they call them. Is it the Arkham Files? The Arkham Horror Files or something that Fantasy Flight refers to? Uh, Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, Elder Sign, Mansion of Madness, Arkham Horror, the card game. They'll be familiar with this concept of the Doom Track, where as time goes on, you add counters to a thing. The bad guys will add those under certain circumstances and may add more under other circumstances, but usually there will be one added a turn. And when a certain number goes onto their card, that card flips over and the bad story progresses. When you achieve a certain thing, which may be meeting somebody or putting some clues on a card, something like that, the good story progresses. And there are multiple endings per scenario, depending on what triggers the end game. So if the bad guys fulfill their thing, you're probably going to have a rough time next scenario in the campaign that you're playing. If you win, you might get a benefit. But you might not always win, so the end state for... Very minor spoiler for the first campaign that comes in the box. The end state for game one of this three-game campaign is you may or may not burn your house down. Okay. If you do, you have one less place to travel to and explore or be around Mm. in the next game that you play. Uh, If you don't, it's there and you start there. Mm. So there's little things like that that will affect how the game plays and the story develops through that. And that doesn't need an app. And things like that function perfectly well. The only thing is, you know there's... The, the card draw is what creates the randomness in that, not the, you know, an electronic uh, generation of some description. But I think games like that, and I, another one I would, exa- and I'm looking at it right now, it happens to be on my table, uh, Legacy, the Testament of Duke de Crecy. This is one of these examples of a game that adds a solitaire variant. You can play the multiplayer game solitaire because the multiplayer game, like Dimension, you're doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a solitaire variant that changes the game up. Instead of being the matriarch or patriarch of a family creating, you know, your dynasty below you, you are you researching your family history. And that in and of itself doesn't sound like a huge difference. You're fundamentally just switching the tree around and going the other way. But it adds goals you have to try and complete. So the idea is you're trying to prove in that variant that you are the heir to the the dukedom of Crazy. And therefore you have to prove certain facets of your family and you'll get a bunch of objectives to complete. So one of your grandmothers had to be a scientist or your grandfather on your father's side married an English woman and had a sister who had a child with a Spaniard or something like that, which would be one of the more complicated. I'm making that up. But so interesting that simply taking this game and playing its solitaire variant changes the plot yeah. You know, so dramatically. Because, I mean, it sounds like everything else is just you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it by yourself. A lot of the time. You may even play against AIs, which mm. is another another way of putting a solitaire in. But, yeah, that one, it's a totally different game. Yeah, but it's it's still in the same milieu, the same Downton Abbey sort of uh, aristocratic sort of feeling. And yet the story is right. so is so different. Same setting, different story. Absolutely. Really neat. So in uh, in that story version for Legacy, Dictocracy, is it a pass-fail, or do you have to achieve a certain number of points? 
you obviously you're trying to achieve a certain number of points, but if you do not complete all nine of the objectives, there's 15 objectives in the game, you will see nine of them, and if you don't complete all nine, you fail. One of the reasons why I've sort of avoided some uh, games in solitaire mode is because I find it kind of unsatisfying to just play a game to achieve as high a score as I can. I mm-hmm. much prefer to have, okay, did I win or did I lose? Yeah. It uh, just feels like work, almost. Yeah. You know? Like, there's no, satis- there's no real satisfaction of, you know, a job well done, you know? It's just like you're getting lots of points. Exactly. Unless you're prepared to play it multiple times over and over again under the exact same circumstances and are beating your previous scores. Yeah. But even then, like, I would almost much rather concurrently play the same game solitaire with three other people and then compare scores and then tell myself to do better next time to beat that person's score next time which is seems to defeat the purpose of playing solitaire for me, you know? It sort of does. I mean, if you, I, I, I like the idea of being able to get to the end and, 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 and have a sort of an evaluation that goes beyond just a number. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've enjoyed as well? Or do, do, do you find you get just as much fun out of getting a, a score, a mark in terms of how well you did? Or, mm-hmm. or, or, is, or is there a really big difference between the games? where it's about accomplishing objective or not. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Or just trying to score as high as possible. And I'm not sure I have a good answer to that. Um, I know a game like Ingenious, I feel like if I ever manage to get the Solitaire game, I don't, I'm not even... It must be possible, but I've no idea how. Uh, if I ever scored 18 across the board, I would probably be done playing it Solitaire. Because I think that is the point where you go, okay, I've that's a perfect the score. of this game. I've hit the perfect score. So it's more like it's a continued quest to reach that goal. Yeah, and Dimension has a perfect score as well, Mm. um, because you can get your 11 points around I think it's 72. You get 11 points around plus 6 points for using the 5 different colours in every single Right, so it's like bowling 300. Yeah, Mm. I think in those scenarios, and because it doesn't have the skill element that something like bowling would have, Mm. where the next time you try and do it again, it's like the randomness of the card draw takes that element away, I think. And I think if I ever hit a perfect score, I'm sure I'd play the game again, but I certainly wouldn't go back to it with the regularity. That said, uh, there are definitely... I think I am leaning more towards finding games now that have a win state, which is why I like Sagrada so much. Mm. It's a game that is fundamentally playing a solitaire multiplayer experience, but the solitaire mode institutes a defeat this to win mechanic Mm. of those dice that you are giving Mm. away, creating your target score. Um, And even though in some ways you're still kind of playing to beat your score per se, it changes how you think about that. And I like that a lot more. Okay, let's call it there for now. Mm-hmm. We'll come back on Friday and we'll Chill talk about out. some of the problems that can be inherent in solitaire games and questions of, well, if these are so fun, why don't we have them at Snakes and Lattes?